0: KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Mark Longoria.
1: Thank you so much for joining us today. I am Mark Longoria, Director of Ministry Development here at AM630 KSLR, and you're listening to the Church of the Week. This is a program that we have designed specifically so that you can get to know the pastors and the churches around the city of San Antonio, and we encourage you, if you don't have a home church, we do appreciate you listening. Uh, to so many different preachers and teachers that we have on the air. But if you don't have a home church, would you consider the church that we are featuring today? And that is Temple of Praise, led by Dr. Pastor Gilbert Bettis. Pastor, thank you for joining us uh, in studio today.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Pastor, uh, we just want people to know who it is you are, what it is you're about, a little bit about your church, uh, your culture, your background, that kind of thing. So why don't you just give us a little bit of information about you so people get to know you as a person?
2: Well... Uh, I was born in McAllen many years ago. I came to college here, and this is how I made San Antonio my home. Uh, I was in the business world for many years. My goal was to be a rich young man, a millionaire, if you will. And that was what I was purposing to do, and that's where I was headed. But my wife received the Lord, and that kind of put a dent in all those plans because she began preaching to me. Mm -hmm. And her life ways changed, and everything about her changed, and... I liked the change, though. I didn't like it really, but, but I had to admire it. So finally one day I broke down and I said, I want what you have. And that's what brought me to the Lord
1: Jesus Christ. Wow. And what brought you specifically to San Antonio from a county? Well, I came here to study. Okay.
2: I came to school here, to the university. Yeah. And that, then I just made my home here after that.
1: And uh, today we get to recognize you as a well-educated man. You've got your Ph.D., which is fantastic. You've written several different books, yes, uh, some of which I'd like to uh, talk about here or I'd let, give you an opportunity to talk about. But uh, I have here uh, A Christian Guide to Financial Freedom was your first book. Then you have one, GEM, which is an acronym for God Enriches Marriage. You've got uh, Foundations of Truth. You've got Good Friday. Uh, and here, your latest book is uh, witnessing in the 21st century, and you've got a couple other ones still in the works that I know that you're, you're, uh, you you told me about. Tell us why has it become so important to you to author books when uh, when we have opportunities just to talk to people on a daily basis and preach from the pulpit Sunday morning? Why has it become important to you to? Uh,
2: well, there's just so much that has to be told, and it cannot be told in a sermon or even in a series of sermons. Hmm. And some people are not going to be in church all the time. So by virtue of writing a book, having it published, and people reading it all over the place. Uh, I've gone to many places where they have read some of my books, and uh, sometimes they were surprised that who was sitting next to them at the table. Uh, And I was sitting at the table with some people that were looking at one of my books at a pastor's conference, and uh, it was funny because they were talking about this fellow that wrote this book, and... uh, (laughs) And I said, "Yeah, yeah, yes, I know him,
1: yeah <laughs> How cool is that?
2: Uh, it was very,
1: so now you've been uh, you've been preaching, pastoring how long
2: since uh forty years, it'll be forty years this wow. coming December.
1: You can't be over 40 years old. It can't Just be. Barely. <laughs> <laughs> Just barely. Wow. Just barely. So tell us about the. Uh, I want to go back to your book in a moment, but since we talk, started talking about ministry and your pastoring, tell us about Temple of Praise. Where is it located? What is it about? What's the culture that you have within the church? What are your passions in ministry?
2: My passion is to preach the gospel and to see people saved, see lives changed. You know, I, I, I've held crusades all over the world in Africa, in England, South America, mm. Mexico. But. The Lord told me to stop holding having crusades and to start having pastor's meetings. That I could reach more people through pastor seminars than I could through crusades. In crusades, you know, several hundred, several thousand come to the crusade. Many of them come and get saved at every crusade that comes into town. And they never grow beyond that. Mm -hmm. But by reaching the pastors, if I reach 200 pastors in a pastor's conference... And each one only has 100 people in the congregation. I've reached a lot of people. Yes, you have. The Lord showed me that. And so for the last 20 years, I've limited no more crusades. I just go to hold pastors' conferences.
1: Yeah, you know, um, I had an opportunity to go and, and minister in Uganda. And that's one of the things that I found out there that the pastors have told me. Uh, you know, people have been coming over here to evangelize uh, for many years but it's the discipleship. It's the follow-up. It's them connecting to the local church and growing and bearing fruit and maturing that needs to happen. And so uh, I hear exactly what you're saying, and and I know that to be true. Um, Tell us about the Temple of Praise. Temple of Praise started in the
2: garage of our home when we lived in a a neighborhood here in the city. Mm -hmm. And uh, it grew from that that garage meeting uh, to where we are now. We have about 20 acres of land and buildings. Uh, we have an academy, a Christian academy that goes from kindergarten all the way through high school. Our graduates are representing every part of the world today, some in the military, some officers, some non commissioned officers, and doctors, lawyers, businessmen, and then some that didn't make it all the way mm-hmm. but that's who we are, and our purpose is to change lives. We went into a neighborhood I didn't go there. I went there rather grudgingly, but God sent me to that place. At a place that was, seemed to be God forsaken. Hmm. Uh, dirty, dirty old street, potholes, no lights, no sidewalks, no bridges. And God said, there's your new home. Wow. And God just made a total change in that. And very clearly he talked to through my wife. He spoke and He told my wife told me, that's what our souls looked like before we got saved. Hmm. And he's remaking us and remaking us more and more day by day into his
1: image. How difficult is that, Pastor? Because I know that we all go through seasons, and we all go, I mean, Ecclesiastes claims that, you know, there is a season and a time for everything, and I know that there there are so many people that are listening that have, have gone through a change or are going through something, and when you know that you know that you know inside your spirit that God has told you to do something, that in your mind, in your logic, you think, nah, I don't want to do that. That's like taking a step back, yet in your spirit, it cries out, this is the right thing to do. What words of encouragement do you have for someone that might be listening today that is going through something? They're battling in their mind. They know what their calling is. They know what God has told them to do. But um, they're they're depending more on their mindset than in their faith.
2: Quiet simply. Don't listen to your mind because God doesn't speak through your mind. Mm. God speaks through your spirit. And then your mind has to be conformed to the mind of Christ. As you recognize that, you will submit and trust him. I often tell other people, you have to trust them. How long? You only trust them until the last second. That's it. After that, it's already done. Right. (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) And I've been doing that for all these years. He turned a cow barn and horse stables into a small church. He turned that small church into a school with a gymnasium, a baseball field, a football field, a softball field, a soccer field, a playground, and a church as well, all in different buildings. And he did it all by his might and by his power.
1: Imagine what would have happened had you said, nah, I don't want to do this. This is not what I had in mind. I wanted to be a millionaire. I wanted to be a big, successful entrepreneur.
2: Well, God spoke to us rather subtly one time. I say subtly, though it was very strongly. Yeah. He said, your latter days will be better than your former days. Hmm. And boy, has that been true. That? I wouldn't change my, the last years of my life, the last 40 years of my life for anything.
1: Wow there's a there's something there's a message to be learned in this and that is what scripture says that's to trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding that's it trust in the lord and you're you're living proof of that you've put you've placed your trust in the lord you didn't lean on your own understanding anymore but you followed him you submitted to him you loved him and and uh, here are all of these hundreds or thousands of people over these past 40 years that you have had an opportunity to impact not only their lives but the lives of others their children and and Uh, grandchildren. You know, we have
2: grandchildren and uh, sons of of high school graduates from Sunnybrook Christian Academy who have enrolled their children and now their grandchildren are enrolled at Sunnybrook Christian Academy. That's amazing. And this has been at a time when it has been very difficult for Christian schools. Uh, Many schools have have closed in the last few years and have become uh, charter schools. Uh, We didn't. We remained a Christian school at times when the Candle almost went out, but mm-hmm. it never did. When you trust him, you'll never let the light go out.
1: Right. And I want you to talk a little bit about your school. Uh, you mentioned you have kinder through high school. Yes, sir. And uh, I, I don't, there's a lot of people that don't understand what the difference is between a charter school, uh, like at the Christian academy that you have. Can you explain a little bit about that and, and educate us a bit?
2: Well, I'll, I'll do it this way. A charter school is a, Christ, is a public school in a private setting. Nothing more than that. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, there's about uh, over a hundred charter schools in this country, and most of them are in Texas hmm. that are owned by a Muslim uh, m- uh, minister, uh, p- a priest uh, from the Muslim church. Uh, he headquarters in New York, and so, but they can do that because it's a it's a very well it's a very it's a, financially it's very good. Yeah. But you're not allowed to preach the gospel. You're not allowed to have Bible studies. Uh, if you're going to have them, you can have them after school or before school. Well, that limits the attendance, of course, tremendously. Right. And, the sc- and the subjects remain still public school subjects. Uh, in Christian education, everything has a Christian worldview. Everything. Mm-hmm. Because either we have a Christian worldview or a worldly worldview. Mm-hmm. And we're committed to the Christian worldview.
1: So evolution is not taught. No, sir. you don't teach the children in maturation classes about using condoms and using that as safe. Not sex. at all. Yeah. That, that's very important. And our society has just gone so far to the left with all of that kind of stuff that that's become part of the norm in the in the public schools and, and sometimes even in the charter schools. This is why it's important to have Christian academies like the one that you have. You used a particular word that
2: I like. You said it's become the norm. By saying it's become the norm, you're also saying that what the norm is today was not the norm yesterday nor 10 years mm-hmm. ago. You see, the, wow. when you look at the worldview, the norm is an, it's an ever-transcending norm. They have, no, they have no absolutes. It changes from generation to generation. The Word of God is forever, and it's never out of date, mm-hmm. never. What songs do we sing? We sing of love. The Bible speaks of love. It's tragedy. The Bible speaks of tragedy. It never changes. So we need to go to the source and grow from there. When you try to grow out of a man-made philosophy, then man-made philosophy will not become reality. And we need to go to the reality. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the reality. In the public school system, they teach, you make your own reality. How silly is that? And it goes beyond being silly. It becomes tragic. So we need to teach them the reality of God. Yeah. And from there emanates all sorts of yeah. knowledge. For God is the fountain of knowledge. He's the fountain of wisdom. He is the one that creates our understanding.
1: Yes. So in school, we've known throughout history, prayer has been removed. It's no longer a part of the school system. Bibles have been removed from libraries. Ten Commandments have been removed. In, instead, they've introduced books of sorcery. They've introduced all kinds of different things that are now part of the curriculum where our own students, our own children are obligated to study those kinds of things and give reports on, on those types of books. That's the difference between what uh, what our society, what our school, our public school offers and what a Christian education offers. Now, what do you have to say for the person that's listening says, I'm right with you, and I wish I could take my children to... Christian Academy I just can't afford it so I just stick them in public school
2: you see I don't believe that because I do not believe that God would ask you to do something that he is, that he would not provide for hmm. Isaiah 54 says your ch- your children shall be taught of the Lord yeah and great shall be the peace of your children if there is something lacking in the public school system it's peace there's always something going on and it's, it's always something bad going on but if you go to God's house but to answer your question more directly, God will always provide. We never turn someone away who is committed to Christian education because of finances. Never have, never will.
1: Hmm. Wow, that's quite a quite a dedication to uh, making sure that our children are raised in the ways of the Lord.
2: Well, either we believe or we don't.
1: True. And, you know, um, and I know that our, the women are nurturers. You know, they're mommies. They're the ones that take care of children. But the Scripture speaks directly to the fathers. As fathers, do not uh, get your children angry, but teach them the ways of the Lord. That's right. And, and it falls, the responsibility goes back on the dads. And how many children do we know out there that are fatherless in the sense that either they don't even know who their dad is or their dad is, is gone or their dad might be physically present but doesn't really give them the time that they need?
2: You know, there, I use a term for that for that kind of child. And even adults, grown men and women, I call them spiritual orphans. Hmm. They have not yet come to understand that Father God is the one that provides for all of us, for you, for me, for everyone. Yeah. And the only way that Father God provides for you is when you call him Father and you get into his kingdom. Think about this. What does kingdom signify here in the world? Provision, everything, right? Everything's safety, right. security is in, in the kingdom. Well God says, get into my kingdom. And all these things shall be added unto you. If we refuse to get into his kingdom, we remain what I call spiritual orphans. Hmm.
1: Wow. You've been listening to the words uh, of Pastor uh, Gilbert Pettis. He is the pastor at Temple of Praise Church here in San Antonio, uh, located in the northwest side of San Antonio off of Marbach and Pin Road. You can find out more information about Pastor Gilbert Pettis and Temple of Praise Church online at Top Ministries dot org that's uh t-o-p for temple of praise top ministries dot org sunday schools uh, is at what 945, Pastor? 945 945 every sunday they have adult discipleship as well as foundation classes uh worship and bible studies at 11 a.m wednesdays at 7 p.m and um i'm sure you guys have several different other types of events that happen oh, throughout yes. the year
2: gatherings for the men and for the women and for the youth Absolutely. Every, every once a week. Excellent. But I want to give our phone number as well. Absolutely. We have a very easy phone number, area code 210-673-1000. That's easy to remember. 673-1000.
1: Excellent. That's very good. The
2: school has an equally easy number, 674-8000.
1: 674-8000. So if you want information about the church, simply call 673-1000. If you'd like to inquire about getting your child to have a good, solid, biblical, Christian foundation as their education, then you can call 674-8000 and they'd be glad to give you more information about that. Let's talk about your book. You have your latest book right now. called uh, It's called uh, Witnessing in the 21st Century. Why have you written this book? Why has it become an important topic for you? Well,
2: because I, I was, really I was just praying one day about the souls and for the lost souls in the world. And God just took me to a time passed when the church was just starting in the the book of Acts Mm -hmm. and how difficult it was. And so I began to consider how difficult it was then. People were being killed, incarcerated, and the like. And then I quickly looked at what's going on in the world today, in some parts of our world today. Christians are being incarcerated. They're being whipped, beaten, killed, butchered. Their only crime is they believe in Christ and they refuse to uh, deny him. And so God said, just write about that. So I begin to take a historical view. As you notice, it's a small book, and I give a historical view of the witnessing in the first century. It is not a history book, but it is historically correct. And then I give some explanations and some how-to witness in the 21st century. And we must do that because time is running short.
1: What is, uh, what is your analysis of the Christian community in general? I'm just speaking in generality here. Have we gotten away from witnessing? Has the church become stagnant or stable in the sense of recruitment? Because, I mean, the Lord gave us the commission to go out and preach the gospel. To, to you know, the answer the is
2: yes, because we have forgotten where we came from. Well, in many cases, the young people don't even know that. Mm. They think they came from some slime in the water that became that grew lungs and wings and then became some kind of an ape and then became a man. So wow. then life becomes meaningless. So yeah. why talk about life when it doesn't mean that much? Mm. So we've lost sight of that. But just this past week, one of our graduates who had a tremendously high IQ, uh, I mean, uh, ACT uh, uh, test, mm-hmm. uh, got a full scholarship from our academy in both uh books and tuition and dorm everything was paid wow. for him he is attending northwestern university in chicago and uh he just gave us a short testimony this past sunday on how he has now learned how to use and began to use this this summer at, in in atlantic city uh witnessing to save lord uh, children i mean young people to the lord and how the importance of witnessing and he and his group, you know, preached in the, on the shores there, on the shoreline, and brought in about 600 people to turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. Witnessing is important, but we're forgetting it. You're mm-hmm.
1: right. Yeah. I noticed a quote that you have in the back back cover of your book uh, that I've, I've seen before uh, that says, um, Preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. <laughs> That's a great quote. <laughs>
2: Yes, we need to live what we say. Uh, you see, I ask sometimes young people when they're dressed crazy and they've got rings on their noses and on their lips and everywhere else. <laughs> uh, I tell them, you know, tell them about Christ. And some of them tell me, "I am saved." I said, "Well, then, who dwells in? Who who indwells you?" And he's, they say very proudly, "Jesus Christ." I said, "Then, then outlive." Who indwells you? Mm. They look at me kind of puzzled. And I said, Outlive it. You know, live it outside. Yeah. Live outside, he who indwells you. And you'll take some of those things off. Mm. Because the Bible says that those rings were put on bulls and other, and other stubborn animals and stubborn people. Wow. Otherwise, they wouldn't, because it hurts them to, they had to be moved. And yeah. that was the best way to move them. But <laughs> <Well, laughs> God doesn't want you to be stubborn. God wants right. you to move at his will.
1: Yeah.
2: And so right. when, you, when you begin to do that, when you begin to live you don't have to talk so much people will say i want what you have
1: there's something special about that person yeah. that's good very good tell us a little bit before we close out um about the church uh temple of praise you know there are different churches that have different specialties some are very evangelistic some are very prophetic some are uh very much into missions what what is temple of praise like well we
2: try to be, I, I want to believe, and our, our purpose to be uh, the Church of Acts. Uh, the, the James writes that the church was a singing church. We sing. We sing some contemporary songs, and we sing the most contemporary songs of all. We sing a lot of songs from the Bible, mm. uh, and they're contemporary, because the Bible is, is an our word. Right. Uh, so we are a singing church. Uh, we, we pray. Uh, so we are a praying church. And we pray for the sick, so we are, as James would say, a healing church. Mm-hmm. So uh, we do move in the, the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, we are a contemporary. You know, we like we like music, and we are what we call
1: alive. Yeah, excellent. Uh, what drives you to after all these? Years, you said forty years. Is that what you said? Forty yes. years you've been ministering. What drives you to keep going? Well, when when are you going to reach your retirement and say I'm I'm done? Well, when the Lord calls me to glory. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> See, we don't quit.
2: Uh, I don't believe that pastors get uh, get uh, burnout. How can you get burned out of getting the life from God? Mm. You can't. God just wants you to walk with him, and he'll tell you when to rest, how to rest. He'll tell you everything about life. He'll tell you how to dress. He'll tell you everything.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of the times when we hear about burnout is simply because we have taken our focus off him. Yeah, that's right. We've taken our focus off of him, the creator, the one that we're teaching about, the one that we had devoted our lives to. And we start putting our focus on systems and uh, programs and different things that keep us so busy, but they 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 derail us in a sense.
2: You know, I keep thinking about what I said in one of the radio programs this past week. Think of who you are, because look of who he is. That's right. And we are who, what we are because of what he calls us. Who am I? I'm a quiver I'm an arrow in his quiver. Right. But more than that he calls me a polished arrow. Mm. And then he says when things get real rough, he says, I hold you in the in my hand. So there's times when I just have to cry out to God and say, God, take me in your hand. And he's so faithful he'll do that.
1: That's awesome.
2: Yes, it is awesome.
1: Pastor, in our closing minute, um anything any closing words you want to leave as a as a seed depositor to Our listeners today I like to use the word don't
2: be educated beyond your obedience whatever scripture you know live it too many people know a lot of scripture but they do not live what they know Hmm. so I use the phrase do not be educated beyond your obedience
1: that's great words great words from uh, dr. Gilbert Bettis here from San Antonio he's a senior pastor over at Temple of Praise Church if you'd like to find out more information about them, you can call the church at 210-673-1000. Again, 210-673-1000. They're located on the uh, northwest side of San Antonio off of Marbach and Pin Road. That's P-I-N-N. The address is 1620 Pin Road. If you'd like to find out more information about their school, uh, you can also uh, call them at 210 674 Eight thousand. If you're interested in getting your child to enroll into a Christian academy, then by all means, we encourage you to call them again at six seven four eight thousand. Online, it's Top Ministries T O P. That's the acronym for Temple of Praise. Top Ministries with an S dot org. And uh, you want to give us your rundown of your worship services on Sundays and at and- nine
2: forty five. We have Bible studies, but we call it you know it's uh, Sunday school. We also have a Foundations Pastors class where we teach people of, of what we believe in and why. It's important that we know why we believe what we believe. And then at 11 o'clock begins our morning worship service. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. we have a Bible study, and it's a serious Bible study. And then, of course, we have pr- programs for the men and for the women and for our youth during the week.
1: Pastor, thank you for uh, being here with us. We've enjoyed the uh, time here with you, and we encourage everyone, Out there uh, that is listening to uh, make it a point to be at church this weekend and not just this weekend, but every weekend. And if you don't know where to go, go to Pastor Gilbert's Church, Temple of Praise, over on Marbach and Pin Road. Thank you, Pastor, for being here with us. My pleasure. God bless you. God bless you you. all.
0: Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM 630 KSLR Church of the Week.